Welcome to the Crazy Egg Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. Hope everyone is doing well. First off, I'd like to thank all of you guys for taking a listen. I see the numbers are growing and that's very motivational to me. Thank you so much for making this part of your day as always. I can't tell you how much it means to me to see all these numbers growing. And <clears throat> let's keep it going. I can see this. Let's do this. Uh, first and foremost, I want to... Um, if anyone has been affected by this uh, hurricane here in the United States, in the southeast, uh, where I live in central NC, we got a bunch of rain and wind, but we're all okay. I hope everyone out there in the southeast U.S. is doing okay. Um, you know, a lot of people in Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, hope everyone's doing well. And um, let's get to the Ike news, guys. So big day yesterday. Ike had their uh, grand opening of the new stadium, and I'm gonna gonna kind of backtrack here. You know, over the past few weeks, I've talked about how big this is, the anticipation of all us Ike fans waiting for this to happen, finally back home in Philadelphia. But I have to say, as I've talked about on this program before, that the form of the club the past few years, the team itself not being well has had kind of put a gray cloud on that. Well, you know, as they got closer and closer, and of course on the radio, all you heard was all these people talking about all their memories of the old stadium and how different things were, especially older people like my age and maybe obviously my age, 40 and over, and maybe a little bit younger if some of you had um had been able to remember the stadium itself, the old stadium. Uh, they were talking about memories, so it was it was kind of starting to hit me a little bit like oh my gosh this is gonna happen and then yesterday morning I got up and I saw a bunch of people from different clubs a bunch of my friends that I've met over the years a fanatical you know opadi of different clubs of Olympiacos, Panathinaikos, even Pauk uh even people you know that you wouldn't think would be congratulating Ike on their the grand opening of their new stadium. It, it, it was kind of touching. And then uh, one thing that one of my friends shared was from Panatolikos, who, yeah, of course, they're not, quote-unquote, a big club, but they had a nice message about Ike going back to Philadelphia. So I want to take this moment and kind of take this in a different direction just for a quick second, and I don't mean to put, like, a damper on such a big day for Ike. But over the past week, reading about the stuff that's going on with Xanthi and then stuff that was happening with Erotelis and things that I was hearing, that both of these clubs are in danger of being dissolved. I mean, it was so nice to see the Greek footballing community and sports community coming together to congratulate Ike on this momentous occasion. But we tend to forget about the little guys in Greece and, you know, I... I feel bad for these supporters of both of these clubs, Xanthi and Erwatelis, who were, I mean, Erwatelis, they weren't a yo-yo club, but they, they were up in the in the first division for a number of years. Xanthi was up in the first division for, I think, what, 18, 19 years, which, you know, for a, for a team from Diparchia, or the rural areas of Greece, you know, they refer to these rural or country teams um, in Greek, that are outside of big cities like Athens and the Saloniki, uh, 
it was quite the feat, and they produced so many players from Santi um, that it was really heartbreaking to see that they had requested to fall down to the third division because they couldn't afford to be in the second division. And we have to remember that, I mean, there's, listen, there's not much you can do to help these teams, but again, these Epo clowns, as I call them, to allow this to happen in Greek football. And this is why we're never going to move forward. We have to, you, in order to build something, you have to build it from the ground up. You have to build it a steady foundation. And we don't have that in Greece. You know, obviously I'm, I'm stating the obvious to most of you guys that have been fans of Greek football for a long time. I just wanted to get that out there that I missed all this celebration that there are probably some hardcore supporters of these teams that just, you know, and I think it's touching me as an Ike fan because yes, Ike are, are a massive club in Greece massively supported not just in Greece but around the world and I've even heard numbers that were the the number one Greek supported club from mainland Greece in Cyprus um, of how I felt when this team fell to the lower divisions so I just want to take a moment and, and talk about that and just get it off my chest that you know let's let's remember all these other clubs too that are struggling right now these Teams that have some type of history in Greek football. But anyway, let's move on from that. So I started getting a little excited. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch the grand opening. Blah, blah, blah. I was thinking to myself, you know. And then hearing all these, I could see this on the radio. Uh, both fans that call into the radio shows and then uh, people that put out programs to talk about their experiences from the old Nephilavethia. Got me reminiscent about my experiences and watching it on TV here, it it hit me hard. I'm not talking about from an emotional standpoint. I'm not going to lie. I got emotional twice watching it. Once was seeing um, Mr. Nestoridis, a historic, probably the first Ike superstar. Um, a player that played in the 50s and 60s. Uh, that was wheeled in and on a wheelchair by his sons. The reason why that hit me hard is because I watched both of my parents get elderly and pass away recently. So, you know, seeing this elderly man and seeing the happiness that this man had for, for the club and being able that he, he was able to hang on. And then the second time I got emotional was, or a little emotional, was when I saw the people recently that had passed away that... um did not make it to see the the stadium in person. They're there in spirit, we know, but they weren't there in person. And especially that little girl, Mati, that lost her life. Uh, she was a cyclist that represented Ike. I think she was like 10 years old. It, it like, you know, it hit. Being a, a, being a father the past few years, you, you your perspective on life kind of changes a little bit and that, that, that really hit home. But other than that, it was uh, just nostalgia. Like, you know, you hear people talking about this over the past few years. And like I just stated a few minutes ago, that we've talked about, you know, Um when we go back to Nafilavefia, things will be a little bit different. You really, it, it really just hit me that, yeah, we never felt at home in Oaxaca. Those of us that or old enough to remember Nafilavefia and me, I was lucky enough to go a few times to the old Nikos Guma Stadium. 
uh, and then going to see them play in Oaxaca, you could, it's a totally different feel. Even from, you know, I, I told the story before about my first Ike game, and that was my first, that was my one and only Ipisimo, uh, or uh, how do you say, like a regular season match, as opposed to most of the matches that I've been to, because of course I traveled to Greece in the summertime, have been friendlies. And even from a friendly perspective, I mean, I was thinking back to, I went to a couple of friendlies in, I went to a bunch of friendlies in 2002, and it was just much different. And then I went to a friendly a few years after that at Oaxaca, and the more recent game that I went there to see live at Oaxaca was um, with Gandhi a friendly with a Belgian side um, back in 2017, right before we won the championship. And you could, you could just tell the difference. I mean, you know, so the, just to go over this fairly quickly, the first two friendlies that I, that I went to, one was with Pridiftiki. I went with a couple of my friends and then I went with um, a couple of my friends again to a game with Pashiktas and Panahaiki. Panahaiki is the, the ticket stub that I posted on on social media, if you've seen it, since I've said social media, let's plug that in real quick. Um, like my Facebook page, Crazy Ike Fan, and on Twitter and on Instagram at, at Crazy Ike Fan. Um, but the Bashik, all those games, what I'm trying to get to is uh, the two games against the Greek clubs, Prudiftigi and Panahaiki, were not as packed as obviously you were playing Bashik, this was a. a fairly well-known team from Turkey and in Europe. Um, it was still very no- noisy, even though at the other games there was not half of the amount of people. Like, I think the stadium was probably about half full against Besiktas. And, of course, this was at a time when there was, like, tremendous turmoil at the club. Marcus Psomiades was in charge, uh, and he was the type of person that just did not give a F. I mean, this guy looks like straight up something out of a gangster film. If you Google his name, Makis Psomiadis, you'll understand what I mean by, I mean, the guy looks like he's something straight out of The Godfather of the Sopranos. Um, but he was actually the the one person that had the, the, the male parts, per se, to bring back um, Dusan Bajovic. And of course, there was a lot of people that were hurt by... by you know, that can still to this day probably consider Bajovic a traitor because he went to Olympiacos. Um, and he went to Olympiacos. Let me just go down this rabbit hole just for a brief second. If you've recently watched, those of you that are, you know, I, I, I was around when that happened, but I wasn't an Ike fan and I wasn't that involved in Greek football at the time. So I, you know, I don't have a memory of Dusan when he came back to Ike after going to Libyacos or how much it hurt people when he left. <clears throat> but it was kind of the same situation. If you guys have recently seen the Netflix documentary on Figo, it was not the exact same way, obviously, but it was a situation where he flat out would tell people to their face that, no, I'm not going to Libyacos. I'm staying here at Ike. There's nothing going on with Libyacos. Meanwhile, he had asked for a few days off to go back home to Belgrade to go visit family. And he actually never went to Belgrade. He went to Switzerland and met with Kokali while he was still Ike's manager. 
and was making a deal over what was going to happen over the summertime when he left. So it, it, it was the blatant lying to people's faces that really like kind of took that knife and twisted it, not just put it through Ike's fans' hearts when he left, but twisted it. And honestly, the rivalry between Ike and Eddie Beckers exploded after that as far as, you know, for me, they've always, Eddie Beckers have always been a big rival of Ike's, but I heard it, it wasn't so intense before Biovich. Before Biovich, it was more about the football on the field, their rival, yes, their rival because we have to compete with them to for the championship every year. But this made it so much more intense and so much more, I don't know, darker, if you pardon the word. Um, so I was in the Skibasti, and you're talking about for a friendly match. I mean, it was packed, and I forget how many people. I think the Skibasti held about, I, I don't know exact numbers, but I want to say it was over... It was probably around the eight to 12,000 people range, and it was packed, and we were jumping up and down, and we were all chanting, you know, Aixagapo, Aixagapo, Dusan de Setelo, Megefiyapodo. And that went on for, you know, a while. There was a lot of people that didn't go to Ike matches for a long time until after Dusan left, and I can kind of understand it, especially right before the celebration started yesterday. Uh, they had a um, documentary on it, and some of it covered Dusan's playing year and then his year as uh, manager of Ike. He was just such a big part of that club that you never thought that ever would have happened. I mean, I can't even, like, this would be like, I don't know, Pep Guardiola or something going from straight from Barcelona to Real, you know, like... It, it it just did not make sense for a lot of people. Um, so it was a very intense time, but I can tell you from an intensity level, from a noise level, that stadium was so much more intense than Oaka. The old stadium also had, because all these older stadiums like Karaskaki, uh, the old Karaskaki, the old Nikuskuma Stadium, they all were multi-use so they were used for track and field also so it had a small track i i don't ever remember it being as big as the one at oaka it didn't feel like you were that far from the pitch as you do at oaka at oaka you definitely can feel the gap between the pitch and the stands um this stadium of course is much different uh really really loud it seems like but what a time man what a time to see all those old um, Voxes, old players of Ike, you know, um, even Dusan got a standing ovation. There were a little bit of boos when he, when he went up, which is to be expected. There's still people that are hurt from that, but most Ike fans, I feel like, have forgiven him and have moved on and have realized how, I mean, listen, for what it's worth, I mean, he built the last championship team honestly like I I have nothing but respect and love for the guy it, there's going to be that dark little chapter where he left and not only did he go to Libiacos but he kick-started what became you know this whatever you want to call it run of championships for Libiacos especially in the Coca-Cola era 
Um, one day I'll talk more about that and about how, uh, you know, we didn't just lose him, but we lost his scouting, which this is a story. I don't know how true it is, but it came from a decently reliable source where it said that Stelios Yanakopoulos and Predrak Djokovic, who were mainstays of that Olympiacos team that uh, took off back then for Dusan, that he basically went out and recruited those players over Ike for Olympiacos. And we both know, I mean, Predak Djordjevic is, is, is a club legend at Olympiacos and a Greek football legend at that. Um, I'll talk about that some other time. Let's move on here. Um, but also it was nice to hear today, I watched interviews with like Yanakopoulos and how he talked about how intense and how just jacked up and excited he is to play Monday, which that's what I can't wait for. Like all this was nice. It was very emotional. It was nice to see the, the pay tribute to the roots of the club from them talking about the cities from Pondos from all Anatoly and all, and all of Asia Minor, um, what this club means. And it actually, like, it, it's moments like these, when I watch stuff like these, that makes me, you know, maybe on the pitch, it's been hard to kind of be a proud Ike fan the past few years, but as stupid as this might sound, or as crazy to other uh, fan bases out there, that this is why exactly what it was showing is why it, we say it's different to be Ike. You know, therefore, to go nice Ike. And it, 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 just, it just filled me with this, this sense of pride and sense of family, sense of like, we've made it, we're back home. Um, exciting stuff. But let's move on. Let's, uh, I'm going to not talk about that much uh, as far as like what's going on on the pitch because there really hasn't been much reports out there. Obviously, we're not paying. We're not playing till Monday, Monday night Greek time. So everything, all the talk the past couple of weeks and this whole international break has all been about um, the stadium. So from what a reporter I heard this morning said, that most likely they're going to play the same eleven they played against Panathinaikos. Let's hope they can. Uh, it feels like it's been a lifetime ago, actually. You know, it feels like I hate these international breaks. You know, nothing against the Ethniki. I love Ethniki Alados, but it just irritates me when, like, either a team's getting momentum or your your football club just had an amazing game and then they take this long break. That's just like, oh, come on, dude. Um, basically, it's going to be the same starting 11 as against Panatolikos, like I was saying. A uh, few minor changes. Obviously, Zavellis is not going to be able to play. We don't know if Steven Zuber is going to play yet. So, in place of Zavellis is going to be Mukudi, which it, it'll be nice to get him to get to see him in an, in an entire game from start to finish. There might be some surprises in the midfield. Like, if I mean, I'm sure if we can tally up the score against Zuber, which is a possibility, um, maybe. Galanopoulos can get in a few more minutes in that midfield. Uh, Sibede might make his first start instead of Lota, or at least might come in as a sub. Let's hope he gets some time. I really am excited to see what what he's all about and what he could do and what form he's in. 
Um, not really much else. My prediction for this game, I don't see how with the intensity of the crowd, with the, the raw emotion that's going to be in this game, I feel like the crowd can just carry this team. I don't see how we don't win. Uh, anything less than a win here, uh, I mean, there, there's going to be issues. Obviously, we're not going to win every game in Philadelphia, but you would like to get off on the right foot and have that stamp in the, you know, or that historical moment where who's going to be the first person to put the ball in the back of the net? Let's hope it's not an Unicos player. Unicos are kind of reeling. They're having a hard go of it lately. Their defense is old. I mean, Tsikadinsky plays for them. I hope. I know they honored Tsikadinsky last season when he came. Actually, I think it was the season opener when we played Unicos last year. And they honored Tsikadinsky in that game for his contribution to the club. I hope they kind of honor him a little bit tomorrow because I feel like it's a big moment. It's nice that he's going to be coming back. He might actually be injured. I I don't remember exactly. I'm sorry, guys. I just simply there's not a lot of information on the game. Um, I'm predicting Ike win. Let's see here. Scoreline. Let's say it's going to be 2-0. Uh, I could see this kind of... This is what I'm hoping for is going to happen. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm hoping we can get a goal early and then just we roll. I want to see a lot of goals in this game. I think uh, it would be really nice. It would be really nice to see that crowd like lit up. Um, so not much to say because we haven't seen this team play in the last two weeks. Hopefully they take off exactly where they were. They left off the last game. You know, we talked about the balada they played against uh, Panathlikos um, and how well they played. And that was the most impressive thing. It wasn't just the fact that we were able to get three points against Panathlikos. It was the fact that we were actually playing really good bala. Let's see here. Um, before I get to the other games, my predictions in the other top five in Greece. Um, a little bit of basketball news. Um... I'm going to try to cover basketball more over the next coming weeks. I just simply haven't... There's not that many resources on basketball, and my Greek reading level is not that well for me to actually go back and read some of the stuff that uh, Ike, uh, basketball writers, write about it. So most of my information comes from listening with stuff or small articles that I can make out. Uh, like the past couple of years, there's been like a huge turnover of players. Most of you that follow the basketball team know that it's going to take this team time to gel. They look like they have um, a lot of talent on this team, but I really hope after this year they can build a core similar to like I've talked about in football. Like I hope they build a core and something for the future because this constant just interchanging of players uh, is not working. Aside from that, though, the basketball bans have all been erased. All that money has been paid. We have no transfer bans left. And actually, we're not even going to start the... Uh, what is the basketball league called? Is it called Alpha? <laughs> I'm sorry. My mind's blanking. We're actually going to start the Basketball Champions League. The FIBA tournament is going to be our first official game. And I don't remember the opponent off the top of my head. I should have wrote this down beforehand. But I'm pretty sure it starts either the 3rd or the 4th of October. So this coming Tuesday or Wednesday, um, I'll have more 
more information about the basketball team. I'll try to watch that game if I can. And slowly as information starts to come in and I see with my own eyes the players. I can talk about the players. and I mean, I honestly, man, besides Mavrodi, I don't even know who else is on the team right now. Uh, sorry, it's my own my own Siftimismos. I'm still a Ike fan. So, uh, trying to think if there's anything else I can talk about the football club. I haven't really wrote a lot down here because, like I said, there hasn't been that much information. Uh, in full disclosure, I did record a podcast last night where I went into in depth about my story behind uh, Nico Skumas all the times that I've been there. I guess really, really quickly I can share the story of the first time I went there. First time I went to Nico Skumas, actually the very first time was I went to just go to the Ike boutique, the Ike shop that used to be there. Um, Very exciting time for a 14 year old from the States. I was a newly baptized Ike fan. You know, I had been an Ike fan for maybe about a year at that point. I I don't even think I'd have been a fan for a year. And uh, my sister took me, and it was for my birthday, because my birthday's in the summer. And it was just something amazing. I went I went crazy. My parents just gave me money, and they were like, go, oh, you know, have at it. I still have the first jersey I bought from there. It was the alternate black jersey with the big gefalo on the, on the side. This was in summer of 96. My first time to actually go see the team was in 2000. A few years later, I don't know if this is big in other countries, but I know in in Greece, and I don't even remember if it's still big in Greece, but I know at that time it was very big. The first training session was open to fans, so fans would pack the stadium. I mean, Calocheri, it was summertime, so it wasn't like, you know, there wasn't like 10,000 fans there, but there was like, we were a good, like, 7,000 fans there, you know, watching the team. And it was completely free and open. And I went and chanting and just, you know, the the intensity of it. I took pictures of the, the players. I mean, to, to be able to be an Americanaki, be, you know, living here in the States and watching these players and being able to see, you know, Nicolaidi up close. I forget if Chata, I don't remember if Chata was there. I remember... One of my favorite players from that era was like Milan Petkov. Um, so that was a pretty exciting time. And then, of course, I uh, that was my first time there. And then, of course, like I said, the those friendlies that I went to in 2002, and that was a year right before they tore down the stadium. Um, gosh, I just had a quick thought. I also... Gosh, my mind went blank. Um, so yeah, gosh, guys, I'm so jacked up, so ready for this game on Monday. It can't come soon enough. That's the one thing that I kept thinking. I was like, I'm ready to watch Ike play. I'm ready to watch Ike play in this environment. I know it's going to be sold out for the next few years. So we know we're going to get intense crowd, intense crowds there. Win, lose, or draw. It's going to be awesome. Uh... You know, my like I said, my prediction for this game should be Ike win, most definitely. Uh, gosh, I had this thought, man. I can't think of it right now. Something about the old Nikoskuma Stadium. 
it was just a nice walk back then from the train station, from what I remember, walking through near Philadelphia, going to the to the boutique, which was huge. <clears throat> they moved the boutique around a few times. I'm sure the new one's very nice. I haven't seen any pictures posted yet of it. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. One of my memorable games, and I started thinking about all this stuff um, last night and while I was watching the broadcast. One of the most memorable games I remember was a, we were playing Olympiacos on a Monday, I think because we were both playing in Europe the week before, and it was a big game. I want to say the coach was D Dumitriu, Romanian. Uh, big matchup. So, of course, being Monday, it was during school hours while I was in school here in the States. So I told my dad, I was like, can you please? I hate and my dad was this like very Greek old school person. I had to show him like a few times. This was for those of you that know what VH tape, VHS tapes are. I had to show him how to push the VHS in and hit record and record it for me and stop it when it was done. He recorded it for me. And I remember just sitting there watching it after I got home from school. And I remember it was a goal by Marcelo, this Brazilian we used to have. Um, and I just remember the intensity of that crowd, just wanting to be there. Uh, another thing that I forgot that I had in yesterday's podcast, real quick before I go on to the other results. There have been moments, obviously, either because it's been a long time since I've been to Greece, or, you know, a, a relative's getting married, or some big moment in a relative's life or God forbid, you know, a, a relative passing that I've really wanted to be in Greece. Aside from that family aspect of it, I started thinking to myself, there was one time for years, and this was before my father passed, that I had always said to myself, I was like, dang it, I really wanted to be in Greece during Euro 2004. Uh, because here in America, it was also like, if you were to transfer the football culture here in America now to back then, I feel like it would have been a bigger deal. And there would have been, you know, I don't live in a big city, but in the city where I live, there's some bars that have opened up in our downtown area that are kind of soccer specific bars that did not exist 20 years ago or almost 20 years ago when we won the Euro. Uh, football culture has changed so much here in America. I don't want to go down ra this rabbit hole again, but it's just changed. <laughs> and But still, for years, I said to myself, I'm like, if there was one time in my entire life that I wish I was in Greece, it was during Euro 2004, because uh, the videos that my brother showed me, my brother was lucky enough to be over there. My cousins and some of my good friends were over there and they were telling me stories. I remember my cousin calling me. It was like, it was 8 o'clock Eastern time here in the United States, which means it was probably like 4 o'clock in the morning Greek time after we'd won the Euro. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing up? He's like, I've been up all night, man. Like He's like, uh, you could go from Leforos Kifisias all the way down to Gifaba in 20 minutes. He's like, you won't believe this. He's like, there's freaking cops in the middle of the highway doing Zebekia. Like, he said, I was busting ass doing like 100 miles an hour down the highway. Um, just stuff like that. 
But with all that being said, the reason why I would I wouldn't change it now is because me and my father were here and we were the only ones in my immediate family that were here and that experience with my dad became that much more important to me after he passed because um Because, as I've said before in the podcast, he was not an Ike fan. He was a fan of the sport and that memory of just that. That's just something that I feel like I hope as a fan to live again in my in my lifetime. But it really was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The way Greek football is going, the way these Apple clowns have desecrated Greek football. I don't see that happening again. Um, but, I mean, hopefully it will and we can live those, relive those memories at some point. And I'll, I'll, I'll go through maybe next summer, you know, God willing, and tell you guys, maybe I can do like a, a reminisce episode of my, my Euro 2004 experience here with my father. Um, for years, I used to say that was the time where I wish I was in Greece. Yesterday, I had that same feeling. I was like, I wish I was in Greece right now. I wish I was there. I wish I could be there for the stadium. I wish I could be there for yesterday and uh, for Monday's game. Because it's uh, those of you that are lucky enough to be in Greece, I mean, count your blessings. And you're a crazy Ike fan like I am. That's that's pretty awesome. And I have to touch on something else that really, really touched me, especially being, like I said, I lost my dad a few years ago. And being a new father myself, recently... Uh, Something that uh, Ike reporter Yorgos Takidis, who writes for Gazeta GR, I think. I think maybe he writes for Ora also, and he's on the radio sometimes uh, doing the Ike report for Sport FM. He said something that was very heavy to me that I was like, okay, we have to let bygones be bygones. But really taking another look at it, you know, he said that he will never forgive the people that took time away from, like, had blocked this stadium from being built, basically, that had caused so many roadblocks for Ike because that cost so much time that some of these great people, when the stadium could have been built, you know, five, six years ago, so many great people have passed away in those five or six years that, or even longer, that it took to build the stadium that they, they really should have been here and he could never forgive those people. And at first I thought that was kind of heavy, but really thinking about it, like, I, I feel like that's such a travesty, especially if you're kind of like he explained it, how his father was, was a Nike fan and, you know, he's a Nike fan because of his father. That's a totally different relationship. You know, I, I've said this before on the podcast, I became a Nike fan just on my own. I, you know, I know this is kind of crazy talk, but it's the way that I feel. I feel like I was born to be a Nike fan. You need the guy exists. Logos. Um, you know, so I just wanted to get those few words out there. But let's move on here. I know that's kind of heavy, guys, to talk about, but you know, it's it's part of the the fanhood. This is why we love the sport. This is why sports is important to us. This is why people that don't get our fanaticism behind sports, the memories you make with your kids, the memories you make with your family, hopefully good memories. Um, whether they're good or bad, you know. Um, Ike's not a school, Ike's not a school. 
But let me digress and move on, guys. Um, so, top five matchups. Oribiacos versus Atromitos. This is going to be very interesting to see how Michel is going to present Oribiacos. I'm curious to see if they're going to be any better, if they're going to be the same. My personal opinion, I don't, I don't feel like he's a... I don't know. I don't. I am like so curious to see how this team's going to come out. Um, we'll see if they're still in shambles like they were right before the break, or if they're. I'm, I'm, my my assumption is they've got good players. Uh, he's a decent enough manager. I feel like I don't think he's the manager of the future. I think he's a manager that's just going to, uh, let's say keep keep the the ship from completely being submerged and drowning um and then Olivacos is just going to ride out this storm right now and figure out how they're going to build for the future that's just my my take on that um as far as the game's concerned but I really don't see them like making that turn um so quickly I feel like this has got 1-1 one, one written all over it. I, Atromitos seem to be one of those teams from what I've seen in the highlights that they rise to the occasion when they play a good opponent and then kind of play down when they're playing a, a weaker opponent. So they're kind of Jekyll and Hyde. So I really see this game as being 1-1 one, one, and I wouldn't be shocked if Atromitos eke out a victory. Maybe that's just wishful thinking, you know. Um, but let's move on. It's very interesting to see how that game's going to play out. I'm not going to be able to watch that game, but I'll I'll report back on it, you know, <clears throat> next week when I um, do the post-week pod. So let's move on. Volos versus Aris. I think this is going to be an entertaining match. Both teams can score goals. Uh, Volos, again, are tricky. They're... So, when I say Jekyll and Hyde, I feel like most of the teams from the middle of the table down, these teams that we kind of expect to do good, I don't know what it is. Like, Volos, you've seen them. They've taken points from both Ike and Olympiacos this season, but then they won't be a quote-unquote weaker side. So... Personally, I think this is going to be a, a match that um, is going to have a lot of goals. I could see it being, uh, I think it's going to be 3-2, to two, Adi's victory, because Adi's just, you know, they're they're still going to be flying high from that Olibiakos uh, victory. I think uh, Pardue, if that's his name, um, that manager's got them playing decent football. He's had more time to work with some of these players. So I don't see how Adi don't get the victory here. But I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Maybe I'm wrong. And once again, full disclosure, do not bet these games. Do not bet these games on what I say. This is just my simple take to kind of, you know, talk a, talk about our, our, our opponents a little bit, our fellow contenders. So, and then uh, Derby, Bauk versus Panathinaikos. Gosh, this one I really... I mean, all these games, just looking at it on paper, I... I, I, it's very hard this week, especially since it's been so long since we've seen these teams and knowing, you know, some teams might be coming, uh, 
some players might be coming back injured from the international break. It's been a while since these teams played together. There might be some tired legs out there for some of these international players. Um, but I think the team that, if one of these teams loses, I could really see this being a 1-1 draw too. Um, if one of these teams loses though, I really feel that they're going to hear it from that fan base. Whether it's Bauk, where this luck finally runs out and Luchescu gets the loss in the Deadby and they drop points against Panathinaikos and I think they're playing at home. I think they're playing in Tumba. And then Panathinaikos. Let's see how this team that, you know, all these fans are excited about, the the first team in Greece right now that's leading the table, how they're going to deal with this big road game because we all know about Panathinaikos' road struggles last year. And I feel like if they lose, this is where I want to see the character of Panathinaikos, whether they're going to be a championship contender or not. When they lose, how are they going to deal with that adversity? Um, I think that... Ivanovic is a good enough manager to where he can, you know, steady the ship. He's very professional. He's very, uh, has a lot of experience as, as a manager, um, has managed championship sides before. So I think they'll be okay, but I also want to see how they're going to do. Because honestly, I mean, even though they beat Ike, they won the way that they won. They played better than us. They deserve to win. I said this during that podcast when... They played us, even though I wasn't happy about the result because of the way that they won with the two penalties. They still have yet to play very good football. You know, even the last game that they played where they played Ganana and they won 3-0. But Athenaikos fans and people in general will tell you that's not, it was not a good showing. The score, like, did not do justice to what was played on the field. Um, so very, very interesting game there. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for taking a listen. Uh, again, thank you so much for the support. Thank you for growing this channel. If you have time, please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to. I'm going to try to, over the next few days, if I have time, to put it on some more platforms right now. I'm on Apple, Spotify, Anchor. Uh, going to try to get it on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can listen to this online, please rate and subscribe. It, it gives more visibility to the podcast it'll get more listeners out there so we can talk Ike and I'm also extending a hand if anyone wishes to come on the show and just you know talk about their story about being an Ike fan in English or whatnot feel free to contact me DM me on social media platforms um I've talked to some people in town unfortunately it's hard because either they're young and have uh you know college and school or they're older and have a lot of responsibilities and just don't have the time even for an hour a week to sit down and uh, uh, <clears throat> help me do the show because um, I think it, it would be nice to just get a guest on and so I can talk Ike with someone else but I really appreciate you guys for all the support out there um and I'll talk to you guys next week.